Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Good morning and uh, welcome to our online experience, wherever you are right now in your lounge. Our prayer this morning is that God's Word would encourage your soul, bring strength to your mind and enable you to be able to walk through this season with a confidence that He is with you, that He is for you and that He will never leave you. Amen. Excellent. Well, hey, I wanted to start off this morning by sharing simply with you uh, a story that I experienced a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, I was travelling overseas and found myself in the States at a particular state of Virginia and was on Virginia Beach staying there. And while I was staying there, at the same time, I was kind of training for a triathlon in between a couple of different things that we were doing and going to different ministries. And this particular night, I was out training, doing a beep test, running back and forwards uh, on the beach. And as I was running on the beach, I started to realise that I was quite breathless. And in this moment, I sat down on the park bench and as I sat, I realised the breathlessness was getting me and there appeared to be a rash all over my body. I made my way from that park bench to our apartment. And as I made my way to the lift, I realised this is actually quite serious. I was struggling to breathe and realising that the rash was going all over my body, I realised I was having what was known as an anaphylactic reaction. I started to make my way up the lift and kind of wonder at that point of time whether or not my roommate was going to be in the room. I got to the door and went to open the door and knock on the door and there was nobody there and I made my way into the room. And as I made my way into the room, I had two thoughts. The first thought was, where is my EpiPen and is there somebody here with me to help? And as I rummaged through my bags and tried to find the EpiPen and struggling for every single breath, I realised that I was not in a place of security or safety in any way, form or shape. I leaned over to the door in between the rooms and hoped that there was somebody on the other side of that door. And as I banged on the door, a young guy who had actually travelled on the trip with us was in the room next to us. And as he came racing in, I said to him with breathless moments, EpiPen. And as he rummaged through my bag, he started to uh, uh, panic himself, realising he couldn't find them. I knew I had two in my bag. And at that point, he was on the phone calling 911 as he's pulling out the luggage of my bags. And as he reached into the luggage, he pulled out the first EpiPen and a sigh of relief filled my body. And as I grabbed that EpiPen, I administered that EpiPen to myself to discover that it didn't really make any difference. As he's rummaging through the rest of my bags, he found the second one and he pulled out the second one and I administered the second one. Knowing full well that I had a third one in my bag, it was not in my bag, but in my friend's bag. He went to go and find my friend, leaving me alone in a room gasping for air. I don't know if you've ever been there in a moment where life has left you breathless or life has knocked the wind out of you or life has left you at a point where you're wondering, will I survive this? And as I laid on the floor of that apartment room, gasping for every single breath, looking at myself in the mirror, seeing myself turning blue, 
realising that this moment could be it. And in my heart, I wrestled with this tension of, no, this can't be it. Because I knew full well the promises of God and that which I'd not seen. And as I struggled between this tension, between the reality of my situation and the fear of what was happening and between that and what I knew, what I knew was that God was not finished yet. And in that moment, I fought between, could this be it? No, it can't be it. Could this be it? No, it can't be it. I laid on the floor struggling for every single breath. And I don't know where you are today or what situation you find that you're facing today. Maybe for you, it is a job that you've lost. Or maybe for you, it was a business that you started. And for some reason, in the midst of this moment, you find yourself in a position where you're asking yourself, could this be it? Maybe for you, it's a house that you purchased and now you're struggling between the reality of what you know and the fear that is overcoming you, but also what you know of the promises of what God said. Maybe for you, it's an investment that you made into your super and you've watched it deplete and you're like, surely this can't be it. But reality is showing you that it is. Or maybe it's your health and it's left you wondering, is God who He says He is? Is God really who He says He is? Because in these moments, we flip between the tension of the reality of what we're facing and what we know. And it's in these moments that we can find hope and courage from the Scriptures. It's in these moments that we find ourselves even connecting with the likes of the disciples who in their moment when Jesus had died, they were left hopeless, lost, without joy, disillusioned, wondering, is Jesus who He said He is? And it's in these moments that we can relate and we can connect with the disciples. See, in Luke chapter 24, we find two of the followers of Jesus walking to Emmaus. And in this particular passage of Scripture, we're going to pick it up in verse 14. But in this particular passage of Scripture, I found a few key things that I believe are going to bring hope and to bring peace to your world today. So why don't you open your Bible right where you are at Luke 24 and let's pick it up at verse 14. And it says this, they were talking with each other on their way to Emmaus about all the things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus Himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognising Him. And He said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they said, stood, they stood still saying and looking sad, are you not the only one, the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know these things that has happened in these days? And He said to them, what things? And they said to Him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people and how the chief priests and the rulers had delivered Him up to be condemned to death and crucified. But we had hoped that He was the one to redeem Israel. And yes, beside all these things, it's now the third day and since these things have happened, more so ever, the women of our company came and amazed us because they went to the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find His body, they came back saying, they'd seen visions of angels and they said that He was alive. 
And some of those of who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but Him they did not see. And He, Jesus, said to them, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into His glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He interpreted them all the Scriptures concerning Him. Self. See, this is the, the beauty of this passage of Scripture is that right there in the midst of their doubt, their struggle, their loss of hope and their loss of joy, their place of being disillusioned, Jesus makes Himself present. I wanna tell you today that Jesus is with you right where you are. No matter what your circumstance, no matter what your situation, He is with you, He is for you and He will go ahead of you. And you need to know that He will work all of these things together for good. Because in this moment, as the disciples, as the followers of Jesus walked with Jesus, He asked them three intentional questions. We pick it up in verse 17. He said, what is this conversation you are holding? See, Jesus drew near to their conversation And their conversation was about this Jesus whom they had known, whom they had trusted, whom they had believed in. And Jesus leaned in and said, what are you saying? I wanna ask you today, what are the things that you are saying in the conversations that you are having with the people around you, with your family members and with your children? Because right now what you're saying has the ability to attract the attention of Jesus Himself and draw Him near to you. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And you can know in full confidence as you draw near to Him in your conversations, as you make Him present on your lips, you can be guaranteed that He'll make Himself present right where you are and speak right into your situation and bring hope and bring peace. And this is what He did for these followers as they walked And today I believe He's saying to you, what are you saying? What is the confession of your lips? The second thing is in verse 19, Jesus, after hearing what they were saying, He said, no, what are these things that you are talking about? He says, what things? And Jesus is asking them, what do you actually know about me? They inclined the conversation with Jesus and began to discuss with Him who He was, declaring He was a prophet, both in word and in deed, that He was was God's Son. They began to declare who Jesus was. And I wanna tell you right now, what you can do in your situation is begin to let your mouth proclaim who He is, what He has done and what He is going to do by faith. You know what I love is in this is that not only is He asking what you are saying, not only is He asking what you know, but He goes on to say to His followers at this point in verse 26 through to 27, He says to them, O foolish ones who are slow of heart, to believe all the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into His glory? What He did in this moment was He reinforced that what they needed to be reminded of and what they needed to hold to. Jesus is who He says He is. And this is the confidence that we have, knowing that if we approach Him, we walk right into the very presence of Jesus as we lean in and incline our ear 
to hear what it is that He has to say. So the question is today, what do you need to know about who Jesus is? Because maybe what you're knowing is being informed by the TV, by the media, by the news and the different things that are being populated over social media. Maybe what is your knowing is coming from your circumstance and that your, your superannuation is done, it's tanked. Maybe today you're looking at your job loss going, there isn't a way, there isn't a means. But you need to know today that God's Word addresses every single one of these needs. And you need to know who He is and you need to allow your mouth to confess who He is. You can't believe what you do not know. Where are you getting your information? Are you finding yourself in the Word of God to find out who He is and what His promises are? Because I tell you this, the Word of God tells you in John chapter 16, verse 33, is that you will have tribulations. You will have trouble in this world. The disciples also knew that Jesus was going to be crucified and three days later rise again, but yet they found themselves disillusioned, disappointed. Some of which Thomas, he said, unless I see and feel the holes myself, I won't believe. And Peter and another crew, they took off and went fishing. What will you do in this moment? What will you do in this moment? Will you incline your ear to hear what it is that He would have to say? Because you too will have troubles. You are finding yourself right now in the midst of that. But did you know in the pre-cursing verses of John 16, it says this, John 16 verse 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. And in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus has already overcome what you need him to overcome. But did you know that you can have peace? Did you know that peace is yours if you choose to make it your option? When it says here, I've said these things so that you may have peace, it literally means it's an option for you to engage. It's an option for you to engage. That word may have in the Greek is echo. And it's optional, it's a verb. It means to hold on, to possess, to cling, to make possession of in your mind. You can have peace. Isaiah 9.6 says that He, Jesus, is the Prince of Peace. Peace is yours. Ephesians 2.14 says, For He Himself is our peace. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You know, the word rule here means to function like an umpire. You need to let peace be the umpire of your heart, the umpire of your mind. And an umpire calls out the wrong things. An umpire whistles out the things that need to be shifted and changed. And you, my friend, need to allow the peace of God to rule and be the umpire in your heart. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. The peace of God is not dependent on your understanding alone. 
What you know, but what you proclaim and what you believe in your heart will go past your natural understanding and it will guard your heart and it will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. And the same word for peace in all of these passages of Scripture says this. It means, uh, it means this out of the Greek, it's Aaron. And it means the state of national tranquility, the state of the soul. It is a security. It is a safety. It is fearing nothing. But did you know that you can't experience this unless you have the direct opposite of peace? So right now you are positioned just like the disciples in the greatest place possible where you can go from knowing in your mind to knowing experientially the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So your situation, your plans, your dreams, the things that have been confronted by the lack of peace, by the lack of faith even to a degree engaging in fear where you say, is Jesus who He really says He is? You need to know today that He is who He says He is. He will do what He says He will do. But the question for you, my friend, is what do you know? What do you believe? And what are you confessing from your mouth? You need to know who He is. These are the things that I know about my God. These are the things that I have plastered up over my wall and over my mirror, not just in this time, but in every day so I can declare and know full well the promises of God. And these are those things. I know that He is Almighty, that He's the Almighty One from Revelation 1.8. I know that He is the Alpha and Omega from Revelation 22 to 13. I know that He is the author and perfecter of our faith in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two. I know that He is the light of the world in John 8.12. I know that He is my hope in 1 Timothy 1.1. I know that He is my peace in Ephesians 2.14. I know that He is my Redeemer in Job 19.25. I know that He is my rock in 1 Corinthians 10.4. I know that He is my Saviour according to Luke 2, 11. I know that He is my Defender according to Deuteronomy 32 verse 4. I know that He is my Healer in Exodus 15, 26. I know that He's the Bread of Life. I know that He's the Light of the World. I know that He's the Door. I know that He's the Good Shepherd. I know that He's the Resurrection. I know that He is the Way, the Truth and the Life. These things I know and these things I declare, not only over my own situation, over my own circumstances, but but over you today, that every one of these shall be a truth for your life. I dare you to rewind this video in time to come and go through the passages of Scripture, write them down, put them on your wall and begin to let them be the confession of your mouth. Because I promise you this, that what you know in your heart, what you receive in your mind, becoming the confession of your mouth changes everything. It changes everything. In receiving Him and knowing Him and His promises and His Word means that you're not only to know them in your mind alone, but to receive them in your heart. Luke 24, later in this passage, it says that Jesus, He opened their minds to understanding the Scriptures. Right now in this time, God wants to reveal Himself not only to you as the Prince of Peace, but He wants to reveal Himself to you as the One that would give you a foundation to put your feet on, a foundation to begin to declare and to speak out over your circumstance and over your situation. And I can only tell you this from experience. Because in the moments when I sat in that room 
on the floor gasping for air, bouncing between the reality of my situation and the fear of what was going on, but yet knowing the fullness of what God had ahead of me, what I knew to be true, the promises He had. And I sat between the tension of both of those things. I know this, that it was only by the fight of faith that I was able to come out of that and stand strong. As I was on the phone to the paramedics, I couldn't talk, but answered the phone, just uh, uh, at every question they asked me. Couldn't breathe. And as I waited and waited and waited, my friend came back with a third EpiPen and I was like, surely this is it. I'm done, I'm good, I've got it. As I got the third EpiPen, nothing changed. And I'm laying on the floor and I'm looking at myself in the mirror, seeing myself breathless and stating the promises of God over my life. This cannot be it because God, You have declared over my life these promises. God, You are my healer. God, You are my salvation. And I began to declare the promises of God out of my mouth, word by word, sentence by sentence, breath by breath. And as I laid on the floor and as my friend ran out of that room to go and find help, I laid there and with every fight in my breath, I closed my eyes as everything else, the sound just disappeared. And as I closed my eyes and everything went black, I was like, God, surely this cannot be it. Surely this cannot be it. And in that moment, I was completely and utterly breathless. But internally, I knew I just had to take one last breath. And as I gasped for air and as I opened my eyes, I saw the feet of the paramedics come running through the door. The feet of the fireys come running through that door. I can't tell you what it felt like to see hope walk through that door. But today I wanna tell you that He is the door. He is the door and He's walking into your living room right now. He's walking into the very sphere that you find yourself on whatever device, whatever lounge, whatever place you find yourself. He is the door. He's walking into that space right now. He is who He says He is. And when hope walked into that room, the peace of God filled my heart. And in the same way for these disciples in, uh, in Luke 24, Hope filled their hearts because when Jesus began to declare and began to prophesy about who He was, all of a sudden they didn't wanna let go of who He was. They didn't know it was Him, but they knew that there was hope. And as they walked back, Jesus went to walk on further and they said, no, please come. They urged Him, they constrained Him to come into their space. I wanna ask you today, are you gonna be willing to constrain Him and bring Him into your space? Would you go after what you know from the Word of God? Would you begin to declare and would you begin to constrain Him, but begin to urge Him to come into your space? Because when He does and He makes Himself at home, peace fills that place. Peace fills your heart, peace fills your mind. And it was in that moment, the disciples or the followers of Jesus sat in a lounge with Jesus. And as they sat, they were encouraged by what He had talked about, what He had shared about the Scriptures. And it says that when Jesus broke the bread, their eyes were open and they realised that He was Jesus, that He was right there. 
I wanna tell you right now, I'm believing by faith that your eyes will be open, that you will see Jesus right where you are, even though you haven't seen Him in the same way. The disciples didn't see Him earlier in the passages. They just walked with somebody and talked with somebody who informed them. I am praying right now that the same Jesus that revealed Himself here will reveal Himself to you right now. And that as He opens your eyes, you will see Him, you'll experience Him and you'll experience the peace of God in your heart. It goes on to say the disciples' statement after they realised who He was, it says that Jesus vanished from their view. And it says, did our hearts not burn within us? My prayer today is that your heart would be encouraged and it would be filled with a passion to wanna take this and share it with somebody else. It says that disciples in the last part of these verses, it says that the disciples, the followers went to the apostles, the disciples, the apostles and said to them, we have seen Jesus. He is alive. And he went, they went and shared it with everybody else. My prayer, my heart, my desire is this, is that God would not only reveal Himself to be the Prince of Peace in your life, that you would be able to find yourself established on His Word and on His promises and you would know full well the truth of who He is, but that you would take it and share it with somebody else to bring hope and to bring faith and to bring peace into someone else's life and into someone else's world. And in these closing thoughts, as He was with the disciples, I wanna remind you, so He is with you. So He is with you. You need to know that He will reveal Himself to you through the process of what is going on. And that you've got a confidence of knowing that He will work all things together for good for those who love Him. Those who love Him, it's you. It's the people that you gathered with, it's your family. Love Him right now in this moment. His peace is filling. It's filling hearts, it's filling minds, it's filling homes. Jesus. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life, and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, 
We would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.